Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, Series 2, Episode 6. In the show, we like to visit the places of your Irish ancestors and bring their stories to life. Before we start, do remember any resources or references we mention in this episode can be found in the show notes at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 206. Well, we are really going to be traveling in the footsteps of your ancestors today, as we have a very special show in store for you. We're going to travel across the Atlantic Ocean to Canada on the Irish Ancestry Trail. But let's begin with our first port of call in St. John's, Newfoundland, or as they say there, Newfoundland. We landed in St. John's, Newfoundland at 11 a.m. local time just three and a half hours behind Cork. And that five-hour trip for us by plane was quite a lot less than our ancestors had to endure on a cold sea voyage. The first person I'd like to introduce you to on our Canadian ancestry trail is Donna Comerford from St. John's, Newfoundland. Here Donna tells us about the Narrows, which is the mouth of St. John's Harbour, where many emigrant ships over the centuries made landfall in St. John's and the New World. We're here with uh, Donna Comerford in St. John's and we're at an interesting little spot here on, what's it called Donna again? This section is called the Lower Battery. The battery is all the section of houses are built into the cliff as you come in through the St. John's Harbour. And the, the harbour here has a special name as it as well. That, that It's the harbour and the section out here is called the Narrows. And this is a section where all the boats come in and out of the harbour. So all of the immigrants coming into Newfoundland would have come in through these Narrows to land and be uh, off-boarded over here in St. John's Harbour. And that so would be their first sight of land coming across the Atlantic. That's right, coming in through the Narrows. So when they came there, they realised they were almost almost in St. John's. That's right. In Canada. Yeah. We spent an enjoyable few days in St. John's and around the area. And here Mike is describing the harbour and the town of St. John's as it looks today. Hi there, so it's Mike here and we're here in uh, the Quayside in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I must say it's a beautiful, beautiful morning. Um, I'm actually, we just came down quite early, it's about eight in the morning. And I guess after last, so much rain over the last couple of days, it's just such so nice to be out and about. But you know, as we look here, you can see it's quite a busy port, plenty of boats around. And in fact, the city itself has become a hive of activity in terms of actually uh, servicing the oil industry and so on. So I guess kind of going back to the 1960s and before that, you would have seen a lot more kind of fishing boats here, cod coming in and so on. But of course, all that has changed. I suppose the other thing that kind of strikes us from an Irish ancestry point of view is the way that this place reminds me at least of a place called Waterford City in Ireland. And the reason I say that is because just behind me we actually have the actual town of St. John's going up along the hill in a series of steps. 
and there just in front of us of course we actually have the actual main inlet itself there from the sea which is just around the corner over there to the left um, but if we think about Waterford City for example that's actually a similar configuration on the banks of the uh, River Shore and um, going out to sea in a similar way and of course would have been a very busy back in the day especially and the reason I mention Waterford is because that's a particular place in Ireland that's very associated with all of Newfoundland and in fact it seems to me at least that just about everywhere you turn you actually find a surname here in St John's especially with um, that Irish connection you find your Powers, you find your Brennans, you find your Comerfords they're just all over the place including the music of the area and in fact I would say I would detect a very strong Watford accent you know by um, very much around the place so you know if you think about this now you actually I suppose another thing that's actually really really strikes me is how so many people came here to Newfoundland certainly up to about 1840-1850 from a really specific part of Ireland and that would have been down around uh, I suppose kind of hinterland of Waterford City if you draw a 30 mile radius which brings you up into County Tipperary it brings you over into County Kilkenny, Wexford and Waterford itself it was basically that hinterland that provided the folks that came over here as servants, as fishermen, uh, just for the summer, maybe the odd over winter. And over time that slowly changed into the early 1800s and people started to settle down. So here in New St. John's we're actually going to leave this morning and we're going to go to the south uh, coast of the Avalon Peninsula. We're going to take the ferry over to Nova Scotia, Cape Breton Isle specifically, so really looking forward to that. But it's been a real experience here in St. John's. Uh, the people are absolutely fantastic. And again, to my ears at least, it's actually astonishing the way that you just hear that Irish connection all around you. You see it all around you. You look at the actual election posters at the moment. You see those Irish names like O'Leary, like Brennan and so on and so forth. <clears throat> so quite interesting. So really looking forward, I think, to coming back here at some stage, but also really now looking forward to carrying along our journey up the Irish Ancestry Trail uh, for Canada 150. So talk to you soon. It was indeed a privilege to be escorted around the island by a Newfie, as we learnt the Newfoundlanders like to call themselves. But I love the term that they had for us travellers. We were CFAs, or come from afar. But it was time for us to move along on our Ancestry Trail. So we took the ferry from Argentia, an overnight crossing, which brought us to our next port of call, Sydney, Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia, where we met Jack Coffey, and here he tells us about where his family first settled near St. Peter's Canal back in 1816. What a lovely day in Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia. Where exactly are we, Jack? Well, Karina, we are in a place called St. Peter's, uh, right next to the St. Peter's Canal. And uh, this is a location where my great-great-grandparents arrived from County Cork about 1816. And we drove by the area on the way up here, didn't we? Coming yes. out of Sydney over to here, yes. to St. Peter's, and we passed by on the side of, what was that wonderful lake there that we passed again? We drove past the Bador Lakes. Uh-huh. And uh, 
also passed the community where he eventually settled with his land grant called Lynch's River. And uh, that's where he took up farming and he also practiced his uh, trade as a shoemaker. Wow. Yes. And then your family, you were saying now you are the last coffee at the moment in this area. Is that is that right? In this area, yeah. I'm the last one, except for my children and grandchildren. Yes. Uh, there are a few other descendants uh, that are in the Halifax area that come from another brother of my great-great-grandfather. Well, thanks, Jack. Jack Coffee, thank you for showing us around. Thank you, Karina. So after a pleasant afternoon around this very beautiful part of the world, we decided to hoist up the Irish flag and head to the historical port town of Lewisburg, where the fortress of Lewisburg saw many Irish living among the French back in the 1750s, and again Irish soldiers who served in the English army when the battle for North America was at its height. There was a very special twinning ceremony here at this town a while back, and I let Jack fill us in on what happened. I'm here in Lewisburg with Jack Coffey, a native of Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, and I'm going to ask Jack a little bit about this town here of Lewisburg and what happened here last week. Well, a week ago, uh, Lewisburg, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, was twinned with Lewisburg, County Mayo in Ireland. And uh, Lewisburg, Nova Scotia was originally a French fortress and it was sacked by the English army in 1758-59 and uh, at that time some of the British officers uh, were, were originally from Ireland and when they went back to Ireland they established a town in County Mayo and they named it after this town here in in the, what became Canada later on. And uh, it's, it's a, uh, a situation where a town in Europe was named after a colonial town, which is um, the opposite of what normally what happens. Normally happens. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And so they had their twinning last Sunday. We had, we had their twinning last, last week, yeah. and we had representatives from County Mayo and the Irish ambassador graced us with us. And of course, we were up in Lewisburg ourselves in County Mayo not too long ago doing a feature for the Green Room. That's right. Yes, we were. We bid farewell to the coffees and Sydney mines and the wonderful orange and red maple trees accompanied us as we travelled along towards Antagonish, Truro, Amherst and crossed over the Confederation Bridge towards Charlottetown in Prince Edward Island where we spent the next few days in the company of Tony Dolan, an Irishman living in Charlottetown and he filled us in on the history of the area and his own story. Right folks, so we're here on Prince Edward Island and I'm here with Tony Dolan uh, who very kindly brought us out to this particular spot. So Tony, can you tell, tell us a little bit more about where we are just now? Uh, we're at the entrance of Charlton Harbour. Um, it's a, a national historic site because of its significance in um, the history of the island. It is where the original settlers, the French, settled on Prince Edward Island. Um, most of the French were removed from here uh, 1755, 1756 and sent to back to France, some of them, and some to Louisiana, 
became the Cadian, Cajuns. The French here are were called Acadian. That is their particular oh, right, background. Yeah. So they were sent. It was also an Aboriginal point of interest here. Um, the First Nations used this area here. That's the Mi'kmaq. The Mi'kmaq, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, would you mind me asking as well, what class of a Prince Edward Island accent is that you're using at the moment? <laughs> to be Southwest Common. Southwest Common. I thought. I thought. <laughs> yeah. And what, what what brings you here anyway? In the first place, how long have you been living here? I've been, living, Prince, here, I've been living here since 1974. Oh my God! Are you still a blowing? Are you well settled? And uh, in, in Prince Edward Island, you were never ever a Prince Edward Island unless you're born here. Born here. Okay. You have right. to be born. You're. They they have a term called a come from away. Come from away. I've heard it before up in Newfoundland as yeah, well. Yeah, you're a come from CFAs. away. Even if you if you were born um, within a mile of Prince Edward Island, getting on the ferry, you're still a come from away. You're from away. If you were born even on the ferry at the traditional ferry, yeah, you were still. A, you're not. You're not a born on Prince Edward Island. Now here's one question for you, and I know I'm throwing you in it. What would you see as being the main difference between West Roscommon and Prince Edward Island? And on um, the other hand, what would you see as being the main similarity? The similarity is we probably grow more spuds than, than West West Common or South West Common <laughs> does. Right. Um, the winter would be significant here as yeah. you, you panned the flight there, uh, panned the, the water there. That waterway freezes absolutely solid Amazing in the winter. To think enough that. to drive on with a vehicle yeah very carefully very gingerly and listening yes. to the cracks all the way yeah and the winters are quite here but but beautiful because you'll get beautiful blue skies uh it's not damp you'll have minus 15 and you can if you're dressed properly you don't feel it you don't you're dressed and you make sure you have your winter tires on and yeah no yeah. Anti, and your anti-free your your radiator is full of antifreeze and your windshield washer is full of antifreeze so folks there you have tony dolan bringing a slice of West Ross Common to Prince Edward Island here in 2017 yeah. and we're following the Irish Ancestry Trail with this man and a few more. So thanks very much, Tony, for that. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Tony took us also to the Irish Settlers Memorial where we met Craig Joseph Ignatius Kelly. That's a fine Irish name for you. And here he tells us about this Irish Settlers Memorial. So we're here in um, Charlottetown in Prince Edward Island and standing here in front of me is one Craig Joseph Kelly. Ignatius Kelly. Craig Joseph Ignatius Kelly. You got the full set there, yeah. Craig. Well done. Good stuff. And uh, Craig, can you tell us a little bit more about where we are just now and what's in front of me? Uh, right now we're in front of the Irish Settlers Memorial and uh, this is just paying homage to all the Irish settlers that came here and kind of made PEI what it is. Um, PEI wouldn't be what it is without the Irish and um, they basically brought the potatoes here and that's what made this island thrive. Um, if you look across there uh, to that opening by the sea, yeah, they call that the woman's womb and that's the only entrance into Charlottetown to yeah. this bay. Right. So the whole bay comes through there, every ship has to come through there. So it's well protected. Yes, yeah. and, and the, old, the, old, um, the old sailors used to call it the woman's womb. There's an old um, military base up there. Yeah. And uh, that's how it was protected. And can you tell us a little bit more about the memorial itself here? It's, it's unusual in the circular shape and the stones. What's the actual significance of the different types of stones? Well, every bit of these stones here, um, it was the 32 flagstones of each county of Ireland. Yeah. Each one, each rock came from each county. And um, there was actually, each rock was picked from each county and delivered here. 
when they made it. And um, sorry it got smashed up so you guys can't get a proper view of it. Yeah. But um, they're fixing it. They paid just $52,000 to fix it. How much is that per county? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like to, I'd like to <laughs> do the math. Fixing it now, they got to order the stones from these counties. Yeah, so now they're they're trying to get the stones back from Ireland. It's a long way. So it's going yeah. to take a minute. Yeah. You could have brought one with us. Yeah. Although I, I see you still have cork here anyway. No. Yeah, cork, cork's yeah. the only one that really matters. Yeah, is there a Roscommon one there at all? No, I'd say yeah, that right. was a hard one to get. Yeah, yeah there's no shortage of rocks in Roscommon here, either. Here's Roscommon. Yeah, there you Roscommon go. Right there. We should read them. That's lovely. Okay, I'm going to turn off here, so so thank you very much for that. Oh, no problem. It's great to get a local doing a bit of an introduction to the significant parts of the of the island. Oh yes. Hi. This is the best part, and the best part is they got it facing the sea. So yeah, the cross faces directly towards the woman's womb. So when when the settlers came in, that's where they came. All right. Okay. That's lovely, Craig. Thanks very much for that. No problem. We couldn't leave Charlottetown without visiting Province House, as our visit coincided with the Canada 150. Welcome to Charlottetown. We're here in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, Canada, following the Irish Ancestry Trail. Behind me is a very important house, Province House. It's at the moment being done up for the Canada 150, but here back in the 1860s, people from the provinces, the Maritimes and the province of Canada, delegates came together and the idea of a union was born for the first time. Now, these fathers of the Confederation, as they became known, are honoured around the town in wonderful bronze statues. But a unique signature project has been done for Canada 150 and the dreams of the Canadian youth have been put together in song and dance and music. And this is a 50 minute show which they've been performing through the summer here in Charlottetown. Our next stop was St John, New Brunswick. And standing in St John today, it was hard to see where the connection with its fine history of shipbuilding was. However, when you look around just a little, you see some modern connections with ships. The once proud history of shipbuilding is now replaced with luxury cruise ships. In the 1800s, there was a huge timber export trade here from St. John in New Brunswick. As the timber industry declined, a shipbuilding industry rose up here. And these ships were the same ships that have brought some lots of emigrants from Europe here to St. John and further into America. Now, at one stage, there were more Irish emigrants in this town here than there were actual locals. Nowadays, we look around, and here behind me, there was the fastest ship back in the 1800s, but the industry here now is two huge cruise ships behind Mike's camera there, which dwarf the town, and that's modern-day St. John. We had come especially to St. John, New Brunswick, to meet Sandy Laferrier and to ask her about her family and their links to St. John. It was a warm, sunny day as we sat at the foot of the Memorial Cross looking out onto Partridge Island, the place where Sandy's ancestors would have first arrived in North America. As you listen to our chat, you can hear how emotional it was for Sandy to be here where her ancestral story first began in this new country. Hi Sandy, welcome to St. John, New Brunswick. Thank you, Karina. It's nice to be here. 
And well, where do you currently live, Sandy? I live in Maine, USA, in southern Maine, down near the sea. Good. And did your um, the names of your ancestors that came here? Kennedy and Reed. My great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather was Thomas Kennedy. He married Elizabeth Reed. Okay, and when they, where did they arrive, do you know? Um... They arrived in that little island, right out there. It's kind of lined up with a cross, Partridge Island. And do you know where they lived? After they left the island, I believe they went to, I'm going to call it northwestern Nova Scotia, uh, New Brunswick, I'm sorry, because her mother and father were there, so they were joining family. Oh, great. And I believe they moved further on then into the States, did they, after that? Eventually. I think they drifted back and forth because it was very close to the main border and uh, just not very many miles and into a town called Easton. And they lived there. They also lived, like I said, I think they drifted back and forth. Okay. And what does it feel like to be here today where we're standing here now, or sitting and looking over at Partridge Island where your ancestors arrived, really? Well, it's a little emotional. Um, it's very nice, makes me very proud because I can see where they did come from, where they landed. And I know that they all made it from the ship to the land and had high hopes and dreams for a better future. And I think that's what happened. I wish I had more information. And you're a result of all their dreams and hopes, really, aren't you, Sandy? Here, sitting well, here. Yes, I, yes, I am. Thanks you're the product of that. I am. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> what would you What would you like to discover if there was something else you'd like to know? I'd like to know more about what happened between the time they landed on the island and the time they moved away from uh, St. John. I'd like to know more about my of the children. They had seven children with them when they came. 15 to 9 months. The baby was 9 months and he eventually was my great-grandfather, Alexander Kennedy. I'd like to know how things were when he grew up. What, what, what life was like yes. at that time. Yes. Well listen Sandy, thank you so much for telling us about your family, your ancestral trail coming from Partridge Island. Thank you Here in St. John. Thank you. I, I'm very proud to be here and see this and thanks for giving me the opportunity. You're welcome. As we said our goodbyes to Sandy, we headed towards Montreal, following along the St. Lawrence River, and here I am on top of Mount Royal, overlooking the whole of Montreal. On our ancestry trail, we're here in Montreal, Canada, and this place has special significance for one of the members of our green room, Carlin Oliver. Uh, Carlin Henry Bourne Oliver. Now, the Oliver family, we already did a feature in over in County Armagh, and Carlin's ancestors came through Armagh, then Glasgow, and finally settled here in Montreal. Now, some of them have been buried in, we're up here in Mount Royal, which overlooks Montreal City, and across over on the hill there is the cemetery where some of her relatives are buried and some more then in the military cemetery further on this direction in Pont Claire. But also her family would have lived here in Montreal, her relatives, and they would have maybe been down in the city over in that direction there. So we're going to hopefully get to see some of these places today. Mike and I then travelled out the road from Montreal from the city centre to just before Victoria Bridge to see the Irish monument known locally as the Black Rock. We spotted it in the middle of the highway on a narrow grass strip 
and took our life in our hands as we had to dart between the traffic on this busy road heading towards Victoria Bridge to stand beside the memorial that commemorates a very sad moment in Irish ancestry history. Standing by that rock with the simple gold lettering, I felt a tangible connection with the Irish workers who stood firm, insisting on commemorating their dead, and even today the Irish in Montreal are working to have the Black Rock given a more suitable setting as they celebrate St. Patrick's Day each year by walking in procession to the Black Rock. As you listen to the audio clip, you'll hear what I mean about the busy highway. On the Irish Ancestry Trail, we're here in Montreal, Canada, and I'm standing beside the Irish Monument. In the 1850s, a group of Irishmen who were working on Victoria Bridge, which is just ahead of us there, erected this monument because they discovered that as they were building the bridge, they were working over a mass grave of Irish immigrants who had died from typhus fever in 1847-1848. Now they had come, some of them from Grosseal, Quebec, from quarantine there, down here to Montreal, and the typhus fever spread like fire among them. So much so that 6,000 actually died here and people locally, including the mayor who had come out to help, also died during this time. So on the stone they wanted to remember these people and they wrote to preserve from desecration the remains of 6,000 immigrants who died of ship fever in 1847-48. This stone is erected by the workers employed in the construction of Victoria Bridge and this stone was erected in 1859. And so it was on to Toronto our final stop in Canada, where we caught up with one of our Green Room members, Carlin Oliver Hendry, whose ancestors started in County Armagh before moving on to Scotland and Montreal and Ontario in Canada. Here, Carlin fills us in on her ancestry trail. Carlin and I chatted, sitting on the quayside in the busy harbour front of Toronto. Hi, Carlin. Hi, Karina. Thanks for dropping in and meeting us on our Irish Ancestry Trail. It was my pleasure. So here we are in Tirana. Tirana, or uh, Toronto. Toronto, <laughs> Canada. Right. And we've met here in a special place. We have. We're at the Ireland Park. Ireland Park. Which is specifically located at the entrance of approximately 38,000 Irish. Here. To this area between May and October of 1847. Oh, I think I read that the population here almost tripled when well, the Irish arrived. Well, it was arrived. only 20,000, so it almost doubled initially. And of course, immigration didn't stop, but that was the biggest influx during that period of time. Wow. So this park here then commemorates those people? It certainly does. <clears throat> Not only does it include beautiful Kilkenny granite or uh, limestone. Yeah. Uh, it also includes five lovely sculptures. Which we see here and we'll have a look at later. Yes. Yeah. And they kind of depict uh, the agony and the hope of people that were disembarking. Yes. Some, of course, were very sick with typhus, so a lot perished. Now tell me a little bit about your Irish ancestors. I know we did the homeland feature in yes. County Armagh. That's right. But can you fill the gap between Armagh with the Olivers yes. and here in Canada? My Olivers 
actually emigrated from, from Glasgow, Scotland. But my great-grandfather was from Armagh. Okay. And he was uh, born and raised there. He didn't leave there until about 1864. And when he headed to Australia first, stayed there for several years apparently, okay. and then back to Glasgow where he married my great-grandmother. Um, and it was his son, Benjamin. And there's a whole list of Benjamins. Yes, they it was kept his, the name Benjamin through. Yeah. His son was born in 1891, and he emigrated in uh, 1921 to come and stay with his sister and a brother. And where did he come to Carlin then? He landed in Montreal in, in the harbor there, and then he went back to Glasgow and brought back his wife and two-year-old son, another Benjamin. So they actually uh, resided in Montreal for a period of time, but then uh, went across to the States uh, because of the potential for work where my father was born. And then they returned to Montreal and lived from approximately 1839 until my uh, father actually left um, to get work in Northern Ontario and to marry my mother. So it was a good thing he went up there, but he was actually in Second World War. And although he couldn't get on the ship at Halifax, which he was supposed to do to go overseas, because he had the flu, okay. he ended up going up and working in a POW camp in Monteith in Northern Ontario. And he met my French-Canadian mother there. Um, he, the whole family were Presbyterian. Oh, yes, yes. And um, he converted to Catholicism. to Catholicism in order to get married, really. Okay. Um, he was very open, by the way. I mean, uh, we attended all kinds of different churches as kids, but he did raise us Roman Catholic. And that is where you were born? I was born in northern Ontario in a little town called Matheson, which is approximately uh, eight miles from Monteith, where they were living. Okay, and now where, where do you reside, Carlin? I currently live in Brampton. I re relocated once I retired. And Brampton from Toronto is about it, 50 minutes by car, is it? It's about 50 minutes drive. Okay. It's northwest. And it's sort of considered part of the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. Okay. So it uh, has a population of about uh, 500,000 although it is certainly more rural than urban. What, what does it mean for you being on your Irish Ancestry Trail and meeting with us and being in the park here today? It's an amazing journey and I, I really encourage people when they're considering research and finding out their roots to really be patient with themselves but also to recognize the amount of sacrifice individuals made in order to find a new world, a new country to uh, provide a better life for their, their children. So it's, a, it's an amazing place to be. It obviously has great significance to me. I wish they'd made the park bigger. Yes, it, 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 it is. Uh, it, it's juxtapositioned between a light airport over there for light aircraft and huge big grain silos and yet this wonderful that's, promenade by the water by right. Lake Ontario. That's right. The harbour front is, is gorgeous. It's, def it's definitely continuing, uh, continued to be um, made into places for people to live in condominiums because condominiums, high rises seem to, That's the way it's to going. take the area over. 
and the the old malts uh, silos here really is reminiscent of the breweries that were along the waterfront. Okay. The Billy Bishop uh, Airport, uh, by the way, is an area that I actually landed on. My husband used to have his pilot license, and I remember coming down from the sky onto that little short runway. It does seem small. Yeah, but it, it definitely, this is a lovely area. It's, it's certainly got lots of history for Irish descendants. Thank you, Carlin. You're I'm welcome. delighted. Thank you. As they say, all good things must come to an end. And that brings us to the end of our journey. Hope you enjoyed meeting and listening to the people along the Irish Ancestry Trail in Canada. There are lots more places to visit and hopefully one day soon we will get back. However, the people we met and the places we saw will long live in our memory. It's been great to have you with us on today's show and that brings us to the end of our sixth episode on Series 2 on the Letter from Ireland show. I do hope you enjoyed our Canadian chat and I look forward to having your company again next week. Remember, listeners, we'd love to hear from you too. And you can let your comments and check out more at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 206. Slán galair, that means goodbye to you all. Just before we go, thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we invite you to check out our special membership area called The Green Room. You can find full details of The Green Room at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. And remember there, green room is all one word. The Green Room is the essential resource for anyone at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. It's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. You get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anyone starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So do come and join us at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Well, that's it for me. And I'll be back next week with another installment of The Letter from Ireland Show. Look forward to chatting with you then. Slán Karina. <laughs>